what up? Welcome to More Than a Vibe Podcast. I go by Marty Moore. What up, what up? It's your girl, Sharika. This is your girl, Tiffany, a.k.a. Miss Wells. It's your boy, Chris. All right, so today we have two very special guests. Uh, we have Dr. Fonda Getty, uh, Houston's own, born and raised. Uh, she graduated from Prairie and A&M with a Bachelor's of Science in Human Development. All right. She has a <laughs> master's of art and guidance from uh, Lone Star College, and she has her Ph.D. in Christian leadership. All right. She currently works at Lone Star College. Is that correct? Um, and she is executive pastor um, at Higher Calling Church. All right. Our second guest that we have on is Miss Trinity Gaddy. Uh, she is a Jane of all trades. <laughs> dancing how many instruments do you play um piano cello and drums that's a lot all right so um today we have them on the show and we're going to be talking about insecurities all right and um it's not just insecurities for men it's not insecurities for women but it's just insecurities in general uh for everybody all right this is a uh for us it's a it's a very deep topic because uh insecurities play, play a big part in your life all right and a lot of people don't even know that they have insecurities or what what stems from it so i guess our first question is going to be um for you doctor um where does insecurity stem from um insecurity stem from a lack of self-confidence okay um do you think it is started from like the home as a kid, do you think it's something that is gradually picked up over time? I think it begins um, as a child. Okay. Um, because when you teach a child um, who they are, um, that begins the foundation of uh, them being stable, um, stable and safe. And so when a kid has a home that isn't stable, that isn't safe, then that can build insecurities just by itself um, because they don't know what to expect. And so um, it begins, yes, I would say at um, childhood, but it can also develop at any stage of life. In any developmental stage, insecurities can build. And usually what happens is they build off uh, the stages of life. So if you if there were times in a one's life um, in the early stages of development where they were not secure, um, and uh, if there was a home environment that was not stable, if there was a home environment um, that was unpredictable, um, usually that instability usually forms some insecurity. And then as they go through life, um, if that um, if it isn't addressed uh, and reaffirmed, then it just builds off anything else that happens in the child's life. And so they go through developmental stages all the way through adulthood, and they can still be building insecurities based on the root of cause from being in an unstable home. So this is something that we've been debating about for about a week now. Uh, is there a difference in emotional insecurities and physical insecurities there is a difference but they are linked okay um because um you can be physically uh insecure in your weight mm -hmm. you can be physically insecure and in, uh many things that happen in your life in your job, you can be physically insecure. Amongst your peers, you can be physically right. insecure because a lack of education, a lack of anything can cause you to be insecure physically, but then it impacts your emotional uh, state as well. And so because you're physically insecure, say for instance, in your weight, um, then um, you have an emotional, um, you always have, uh, insecurities when someone is related to they're having a conversation about size or about clothing or about eating and so you're already insecure physically and now emotionally because you you tend to be on guard mm. and so you think someone's talking about you or somebody you get offended easily um and it didn't have anything to do with a personal attack 
but because you already physically insecure, then emotionally you you respond. Mm. Okay. 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 I, I heard you say you was like um, that it, it start like when you're a kid is it can be from an unstable home, right? Mm-hmm. And that's usually wealth or money, right? When you said that, or you can just say you're just saying. Uh, no, when I say unstable, I mean um, not even not wealth or money. When I say unstable, I mean uh, when a kid does not have um, uh, just the normal uh, parents um, that and not necessarily providing them with basics. But when they come home one day and dad is there and they come home another day, dad's not there. So now they're insecure because, well, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Where is dad? Or if I come home one day, the lights are off. And then I come home another day, the lights are on. It's like, okay, well, I don't, you know, there's no uh, normalcy. There's no stability in what's going on in the home on a regular basis. There's no normalcy. And so every, from day to day, there's something different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's what I mean by instability, not necessarily Mm -hmm. money or wealth. Yeah, that's what I was asking because I didn't want, you know, everybody to be thinking like, all right, right, it's got to be money. So I was, it's not to cut you off, Chris, but so do you think when you're a kid and like, you not getting from your parents that you are beautiful or you are worth it or you you're worthy enough or you're pretty enough or whatever that is a big role too so you need that from your parents right absolutely you need that affirmation uh from your parents but usually um that's when there's some instability in the home many times um there's some insecurities even with the parents yeah and so now we're we're looking for the parents to give the kids something that they don't even have or they didn't have themselves. And so, um, you know, I, and I give an example um, that my mom, her mother died when she was 10. And so since her mom died when she was 10, what that tells me is that from 10 on up, there were some things she missed from uh, the uh, nurturing side. She had her dad, but there are some things she missed from the nurturing side uh, from her mother. And so that explains my mom even today. So it helped me to understand my mom as I was growing up. But it wasn't until my mom shared that with me. And as I got older, I understood it better. Um, and so, you know, you know, some of those things uh, we you know, expect out of parents, but many times the parent can't give what they didn't receive. Yeah. Not right. always. Now, right. at some point, you can make a decision, a conscious decision, because um, I made a conscious decision that even though my mom didn't give me certain things, that I was going to make sure that I gave them to my kids. And so I didn't grow up with my parents telling me every day I love you, although I knew I was loved. They showed it in many ways. So I had both parents in the home and, you know, it was a stable home environment. But at the same time, I didn't hear them say I love you every day. And so I made a point that I was going to, you know, on a regular basis, tell my kids that I love them because I don't want them to wonder. Now, with me, it really didn't. I'm going to say it didn't matter, but it always matters when you hear somebody say that. Uh, It didn't impact me in a negative way because, again, I always knew I was loved. But then there's every kid is different. So there's another kid where it may really impact them in a great way where they needed to hear that. And when they don't hear it, you know, they can grow up as a child into an adult with an insecurity to wonder, was I ever loved? Because I never heard you say it. Right. Yeah, and then another thing real quick is like with males like I, my father he never he wasn't telling me oh well, I love you I didn't hear my father tell me that until something had to happen it, something mm-hmm. happened and then that's when he was like alright you know son I do love you mm-hmm. you know how does that like how do you like with boys mm-hmm. like can you speak on that absolutely I think um, well um, there's a, a so many different trains of thoughts when it comes to that there are some men that feel like um, every um, boy needs a man to affirm him and that um, a woman can't affirm a man. Um, and I'm, I'm from a different school of thought. I, now, I know that the impact is greater when a man affirms a boy, um, but I am also of the school of thought that a woman can affirm a boy as well. Um, I think it's really important that... Um, that uh, kids are from early on are told that they are loved. 
um, because um, it uh, that's what provides stability in their emotional. When you talk about emotional mm-hmm. stability, that's what provides them with emotional stability when they know that they are loved. And that's what causes them to be uh, feel secure as well. Uh, so it's really um, it's really something just like you're saying how, you know, as a something had to happen uh, for you to hear from your dad. Um, and so I just want to um, really encourage uh, anyone that uh, feel like, well, I show it. And so, you know, it's more than uh, showing it because um, some people, some parents feel like, well, I buy them things and, you know, that supplements them needing to hear that I love them. They know I love them because they have a roof over their head and I provide them with the daily uh, needs. Um, but you do need to hear it because what it does is it shuts the mouth of the opposition that's telling you something different because mm. there's always opposition telling you something different. And so you do need to hear, you don't just need to receive gifts. You need to out your mouth, speak out of your mouth uh, and affirm every kid that they are loved as often and as uh, um, consistent as possible. And so consistency is key too. I think, you know, we have to really uh, talk about that. Like you said, you know, something had to happen. So it wasn't consistent. Um, so I just really wanted to share that, uh, encourage parents, um, to really, um, go the extra mile. It may be hard because you didn't, it, it wasn't something you were raised doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may have to definitely assert yourself and take that initiative. Now, and, and we want to come, go ahead. You Sorry about that. Uh-huh. So do you feel like that, um, that plays a part in a man's adult life, especially if they didn't hear that from their dad, that that happens in their adult life when they're in like relationships or even with their own kids. Yes, I think it does. Um, that's why I'm saying, um, that you have to number one, identify it. And then number two, you have to, uh, take initiative, uh, and really assert yourself in that area. Um, and if it isn't the norm, then you have to, uh, allow yourself to go outside your comfort zone, um, and then it goes beyond just speaking it, you know, cause love is an action word. Yeah. And so you have to not just speak it, but you have to also show it. Yeah. And it's not just in buying things for kids. It's really, uh, in spending quality time with them and, you know, uh, you know, uh, putting your arm around them and just hugging them every now and then, you know, sometimes kids really need that. They, when they become teens, they act like they don't need it, and but they, they do. really do need it. So, and, and I want us to, cause I, I want us to come back to that. Mm-hmm on how can we, you know, be better at that. Uh, but I want to transition to Miss Trinity. All right. So uh, we want you to share. Uh, we want you to share with us what are some insecurities that you or your friends might face. First off, what 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 grade are you? Yeah, you're in 10th grade. Okay. So you're in 10th grade. What insecurities do you or your friends might face or face right now? Um, honestly, it's a lot that we face. Let's talk about it. Especially, um... Or give us a couple that's, like, the main thing. Uh, probably the way that we look. So, our physical features. Um, because social media is so, um, big now. Mm. Technology and everything on a day-to-day basis when we do pick up our phones we usually see um females that are um have a nice shape hourglass coca-cola bottle um clear skin so i think physical physical features is a typical slim thick girl you know um another insecurity that we face is um, I think it comes from a place of um, not being loved in a certain area by someone that is very important in your life, of course, parents. Um, because I have I have several friends that um, their dad isn't in their life, mm-hmm. or if he is in their life, he isn't present, present or really a, a, the right father figure mm-hmm. that he should be. And because of that, we seek attention and try and fill that void with other things. 
So it could be for one girl, maybe shopping, um, or which is very popular, being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And most girls that I would say don't have a father in their life, they seek attention from a male that would fill that place where you're not getting a I love you or how was your day or how are you feeling and stuff like that. Um, another insecurity, physical. Or mentally. Mentally. Um, I got one for you. Do some? Do you think your friends sometimes pick up an insecurity because they're trying to like live up to their parents' expectations? Yes, I think that's very true, um, especially because of um, I would say as a young African American girl, um, our history is very layered with. A lot of stuff, you know, slavery, of course, and because of that, um, our parents, certain certain individuals' parents would like them to be very successful, and you always hear, I want you to be better than what I was, I don't Mm. want you to go through the things that I went through, and with hearing that, (laughs) (laughs) with hearing that all the time, you're like, okay, and you don't really, it's... I would say for me, it's kind of hard in a sense because, let's say for instance, since I'm a PK, I'm in dance and I sing, Mm -hmm. and for a normal teenage girl, well at my school we have performing arts, Mm -hmm. so the strands are orchestra, dance, engineering, and all that kind of stuff, and some of my friends, they have a hard time because... They want to go out and have fun sometimes, you know, get together, but we may have a project coming up, or if you have a pre-AP class, and then you have an orchestra recital that weekend, it's a lot going on. So I feel like that is very, a uh, very pivotal part in insecurities. Okay. Got you. So, so uh, something that's, that's really standing out is the physical, right? Physical insecurities. Mm-hmm. So does this... I know you said it stems from social media because you look at social media and you see the perfect body or what, you know, guys like. So when you when, when you all are in school, is it the boys that makes you have these insecurities because you're like you want to be like good enough for the guys that you go to school with? Um, <laughs> I think it's boys and girls. Boys may be. Uh, more than girls because of the fact that guys are very uh, at this age they really don't think before they speak <laughs> right um so it may be a time where you hear or you overhear a guy saying man did you see her like that dress look real nice on her or something like that and you'll be standing there and you're like mm, mm. must be nice you know yeah. to get complimented like that or from a girl, I think we really do compare ourselves to each other a lot mm-hmm. um, because of because of wanting to feel good enough. Mm-hmm. And I can say from having my dad in my life is very, I'm very thankful for it um, because I hear it enough that I am pretty, I am mm-hmm. beautiful. But when you don't hear that enough, mm-hmm. it really affects you. And it can lead to a whole bunch of stuff from insecurities. Like, I think insecurities are from a place of hurt and pain that started off as a seed that was sown from the wrong person. Yeah. So if you don't have that dad in your life yes. or that mom in your life that's affirming you every day, and if you have a person that's the opposite of that, they're not affirming you, you're there discouraging you, throwing words of hate and all that kind of stuff, like who wants to wake up in the morning hearing, you just like your mama or you just like your daddy, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's... It's very. It's a lot. It's to like a darn ball. Yeah. How, uh, how does the the talking down upon each other? Is, of course, all kids do in school. 
is sit up and talk about each other. So how big, how much does that play into a lot of these insecurities that kids is going through, you know, that's going through nowadays? Uh, I think it plays a big part. Of course, it's bullying, really. Um, gossiping is bullying. So to spread something between each other um, is what really causes insecurities because... Um, when you're like sitting around at the table or something and then you hear a situation that happened, you're like, what? And it's a, it's really messed up how certain kids can't even just sit down and listen without going back and saying something else. Mm -hmm. Because when that happens, that's when all the mess starts. And when the mess starts, that's how people get hurt. And that's where insecurities come from. Cause you're like, well, dang, I can't trust nobody. I can't tell nobody no, nothing no more because my business is getting out there. When your business gets out there and it's very personal to you and dear to you, you get even more insecure because you're like, wow. And, and a few more questions for you. I, one, one of the, I was thinking about in my mind is you hear all these school shootings and you hear about, you know, teenagers committing suicide. Uh, what do you think are some of the ways that we can prevent that? Because you're in school, right? You're with the high school kids. You know this. Um, you, I don't know. You personally seen the school get sh shoot up or shot up or anything like that? But you hear about these things on the news. Like, how how can that be prevented? Um, I think it can be prevented if we really sit down and have people tell the truth. Um, because I think a lot of times when we see big people or we see people doing well from the outside, we don't know the true story. So if we would have enough uh, people that are going through stuff or people that have made it come back to the communities and share how they got there or how they got through stuff and share their story, their stories of how they've grown through that, mm -hmm. that would be like very important and also to be sensitive mm -hmm. um, and have counselors that really know what they're doing mm -hmm. because <laughs> if your counselors at your school are doing their job mm -hmm. there wouldn't be as many shootings as there is if you had teachers that really cared and don't just come to the job for a paycheck then really there wouldn't be a, so many issues in the classroom because you really care for the kids like right Come so on. you want to get deep with them. You want right. to know what's going on in their lives. Yeah, you want to make sure to they work, actually do the job and teach and yeah. leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or yes. even listen to them because like some kids probably reach out to an actual because they yes. can't go and talk to anybody else. So they feel comfortable with yeah. speaking to a teacher and a teacher probably might brush that person off or not even really listen to them. And that's just their way of being heard. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of that is, you know, yeah. so um, thank you, Trent, for, for sharing the information with us. I want to kind of transition into now us as adults and some of the personal insecurities that uh, we go through. Chris, you want to start us off? Yeah, um, like one of one of my my insecurities as as an adult, it, like still to this day, it was started from a kid and, and from adult. Like when I was, I don't like taking my shirt off, and it, it, yeah, it's a weight thing, but. Like, I don't like taking my shirt off. Mm -hmm. That's just something that, you know, I just don't do. Ever since I was a kid, I'm like, I used to tell my, my pops, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. going swimming just because I got to take my shirt off. Yeah. Like, and that used to, that was one big thing. And, like, and I always, like, now, like, even with me being grown, I always try to hit the gym. Still mm -hmm. ain't did enough for me yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm, <laughs> yeah, get, I'm yeah. getting there. But it, it's still something that I just always strive to, you know, try to, you know, get smaller just so I can, you know, I won't have to have that problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my own personal insecurity would be, um, it stimulated when I was young. Like my dad, um, like had, um, an affair with, um, the wife that he has now. So with that, um, he like, you know, he pretty much made my mom seem like she was like nothing. Like, and I think that that bothers me because I feel like I'm not good enough mm. for anybody. Like, and it was part of the reason because I saw what he did to my mom 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. like every cent, you know, like as a young child, as a young adult, I've always had, you know, like insecurities being with anybody because I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I was pretty enough. Like my dad just was like all the way wrong to my mom. So that's a real personal insecurity that I'm still like battling. Mm -hmm. And it even like carries over into my marriage. So, yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, Mine is my way too. Um, since I was young, like my weight always fluctuated, like one minute I'll be small, one minute I'll be big. And I had just, and I'm also one of them people who, if I'm going through something in my life, either I won't eat or I'll eat too much. It's never like a consistent thing. Like usually it's me not eating Mm -hmm. enough. So when I go through something, I'll lose weight. Um, but I've dealt with it even when I was young, young, like going back and forth to like my from my dad's house to my mom's house like if I seen my real dad getting into it with my stepmom it made me feel some type of way or if I seen my dad my stepdad getting into it with my mom it just made me feel away because I knew like neither one of my parents should be in a relationship like that Mm -hmm. um and even then like it would make me feel like I want to eat and not because it's a weight thing but it would just damper me because why am I seeing my parents argue and fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now, even now to this day, like if I go through something or like when I went through sending my son back to my mom so I can get my life on track, I did not eat. Like I went through a time where I wouldn't eat nothing but like fruit or something. Mm-hmm. And and it was just because I wasn't secure with the fact that I'm sending my son away from me. And I've been with him since he was been born. It was always just me and him before market. So I'm dealing with that still to this day. Yeah. Uh, I think mine would kind of, kind of piggy off, uh, piggyback off of Tiffany, um, an insecurity that I deal with right now that I've been dealing with uh, all my life is, I guess insecure. I guess like it's my father not being in my life, but it's like really insecure as far as not knowing how to properly be a man. I guess sort of say um, because I felt like. He should have been there to help me and to teach me uh, what I need to know. So that's why I feel like even now in my relationship, I was about to say marriage, not yet. But in my relationship leading up to my marriage, that's why I want to get so much help because I can't be the best man that I can be because I'm still dealing with all those insecurities. Mm-hmm. Because insecurities of, was I not good enough? He left me. Um, he broke uh, my brother heart, my heart, my mother heart. Uh, my sister heart so um yeah I, I just i deal with that a lot and those insecurities like you said as far as like eating mine was just drinking like drinking since i was like 12 maybe like 12 so you know the insecurity has become an addiction you know and people don't people a lot of people don't understand like they a lot of times they'll see you doing stuff and they'll be like oh well you you do it too much or that ain't me or I can't do that. But you ain't dealt with what I dealt with. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's one of my biggest insecurities. And uh, I'm going to have to cut it there because it's skinny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another thing, too, like is like hiding it. Like, you know, yeah. I think it tear people up is when they trying to hide it. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, you can't hide like no weight or you can't hide like. Well, people won't know about like their situation, like what happened in their past or something like that. I I don't understand, like, to this day, I still don't understand, like, why people hide it. And I think therapy helps, but it, sometimes it don't help because I don't like talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I still be trying to find things to do. Like, I go play the video game for mm-hmm. hours. I'll be thinking about, you know, going to the gym, but I'm playing the game. Like, I don't understand it. I'll I be trying to find stuff, but it's not me still dealing with so do you think you playing a game is actually so you won't deal with it instead of thinking about it it's to get my mind away from it. I, I, it's like me being off in another world mm. like so you don't have to think about it yes yeah, so i don't have to think about mm. it which i really should be you know doing whatever yeah so i make excuses for myself basically yeah, yeah. i think that would be the question we can direct to uh dr gaddy so uh, as we sit around and we talk about these insecurities, what's the first step of conquering your insecurities? What what do we do? 
what's the first step in taking? Because a lot of people don't feel comfortable with talking to strangers, mm-hmm. like you said. And then some people, you know, I've, I've heard stories of, um, I got my own personal story of counselors or therapists taking what I said and mixing my words up mm-hmm. and, you know, diagnosing me with this and that. Like, so I guess the first question is, what is the first step? And if it is counseling or therapy, you know, how do you, you know, what's your first step to actually doing that if you kind of, you're, you're not mm-hmm. sure about it? Uh, well, what we just talked about, everybody shared, is um, basically insecurity stemming from uh, old wounds not being healed. Mm-hmm. And so each one of y'all shared something that was an old wound that is still in the process of being healed. And so um, the first step is really acknowledging um, that it is a wound and then ac- and then admitting that you need to do something. You need to physically um, and actively um, have a plan to help the healing take place. Um, and so, you know, something that uh, works because each one of you kind of shared of some of the things you may do. Um, and actually, um, you mentioned a video game, and that, that actually would be something that a person could do, although that doesn't heal the wound. Um, it is something constructive to take your mind off uh, the pain of an issue. And so many times when people try to take their mind off the pain, they do something destructive. Mm-hmm. And anything you overdo can become an addiction. So although you play the game, um, it can even be an addiction. Yeah. And so as long as you do something to take your mind off that isn't destructive. Um, but you said, what can we do? And so uh, number one is acknowledging and admitting um, that you have a wound that needs to be healed. And then number two, um, identifying a uh, someone to help you map out a plan of healing uh, and so that you, you know, because that insecurity is there until you're healed. And so that's where many insecurities stem from, uh, an old wound that isn't healed. And so really having someone to map out a plan and identify how you can work through the healing process. Gotcha. Do you, I'm sorry, do you feel that, um, do you feel like, because in my situation, like it's, you know, like I said, it's with my dad and um, I tried, I know that I've tried like numerous of times to go and talk to him and try to face the situation head on because I felt like that's the only way that I can get past it. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel like my dad is in denial mm-hmm. because as a kid, that you see what you you see what your parent you know what your parents put in in front of you mm-hmm. and um there was a lot of things that you know me and my sister witnessed as kids and you know I try to bring that up as an adult to mm-hmm. my dad and he's like in denial about it mm-hmm. like he will literally deny all calls yeah. <laughs> in front of me and then try to make it seem as if that was all just like Mm-hmm. made up or something like right. that and right. then it just even brings me in a darker place like i know what i seen i mm. remember what i seen but mm. you're telling me that i didn't see that so now it's like where are all my memories mm-hmm. you know what i'm mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying well, so like how what, do you what i would say about that is um in some situations when they involve other people um the what you have to realize is that you only are in control of you. And so you, you know, part of some, some parts of a healing plan could be going back to a person, but that doesn't always work because you only can control yourself. You can't control the other person. And so trying to get them to admit, acknowledge, affirm, sometimes you won't always get that. And so, um, so then you have to come to a, um, a place where, you do self-approval where mm-hmm. you don't need approval from anyone else from the outside where you do self-approval and forgiveness usually it has to start with forgiveness because if you try to move to allow yourself to be healed and you don't forgive then um you just basically uh, it's a defeating the purpose because um healing 
um, for your own self of wounds. It takes whoever caused the pain for you to forgive them. Mm. And so to truly start the process of healing, it takes you to forgive the person who caused the pain. And that, how long that, that takes, um, it really depends on you. It depends on the layers of pain that was caused. I mean, you know, so you have to work through that. Um, but one thing I will say is uh, forgiveness is an act of your will. Mm-hmm. It's an act of your will. You you can consciously make a decision and say, I forgive. It's a process, it is. but it's also an act of your will. You have to be willing to forgive. And once you're willing to forgive, that's where the process begins. It mm. doesn't happen overnight, but at least it begins. And so you have to come to a place where you say, you know what? Uh, I, I will no longer allow myself to be held captive. In, in this place of pain. I'm not going to allow pain to hold me captive anymore. And from this day forward, I choose to forgive. And, and, you, and then you allow the process to take place. And, and the way you forgive a person, you say, well, how do you forgive with all that they did to me? The way you forgive is you, and I, I don't know no other way to explain forgiveness. Uh, but I, but the forgiveness that the father has offered us, it is no way other way that I know to explain forgiveness. And so I look at the fact that if, uh, Christ went to the cross and he went to the cross for every sin that we ever committed and ever will commit, he went, he took all of our sins to the cross and he forgave us for what we did and what we will do. He, he's, he's. He died for what we we going to do. And if he was able to forgive, then that's my that's my example of forgiveness because he didn't do anything. And but yet he went to the cross for our sins and and for the pain that we cause ourselves and others. And so that's that's the um, the beginning of helping yourself to know how to forgive people. And so, um, because if you try to measure, uh, forgiveness with anything else and anybody else, you, you're not going to be able to measure it in its entirety. And that's why I always use Christ as the ultimate, um, measure of forgiveness. And so, um, that's, uh, that would be the first step with anyone and anything. And so now when you realize that, you, you, you're trying to forgive people, then you free yourself, you free yourself. And now you're able to really, uh, as the process begins, you, cause the more you forgive a person the you start seeing them different. You, mm. cause when you even look at how Christ, how Christ forgave us in spite of us, then you, you see yourself different. It's like, wow. He forgave me in spite of what I did. And I know what I did. Mm -hmm. And he still forgave me. And then you have to look at the person who hurt you. It's like, wow, if Christ could forgive me and all other people I know, Mm -hmm. not even just me, everybody else that I know, if he forgave all of us, then surely, you see what I'm saying? And he was perfect. So now we're holding somebody bondage who wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So here we are, we're holding somebody bondage and captive in unforgiveness who are, who can never be perfect. And so we have to look at that in its totality and in in its entirety. And then you have to really also pray for yourself. Forgiveness is, isn't, it's an act of the will, but it also takes prayer. And so I have, I have my own personal testimony of how I felt uh, a, a certain way about my in-laws for several years and I held unforgiveness in my heart and I was going through life acting like life was okay. You know, the enemy will deceive you to think that you're okay because you're steadily progressing, but your spirit man ain't progressing. Mm-hmm. You might be progressing outwardly, but you're not progressing inwardly. Yeah. Inwardly, you're dying day by day. Yeah. And so when I realized that, um, I began to admit you have to be honest and you have to be open. And I admitted that I'm walking in unforgiveness and unforgiveness is a sin. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really hard to even talk about a lot of this. And, and because my, my foundation is uh, based on the biblical truth. 
Mm-hmm. So it's hard. I can't talk about how you heal and how you forgive without bringing in biblical truth. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Real quick, um, I know I was dealing with some stuff like feeling like my dad didn't protect me from certain stuff. And I was going to a, a doctor and she flat out told me she was like, you go to the person, you let them know how you feel. But once you said your piece and you told your truth and you, was ex- you explained your truth, you can't do nothing but let it go. Once you let it go, then you start your healing process. And that's what it is. Can't nobody change your truth and you can't change his either. Yeah. Um, I, that's that's really good. Uh, I, I want to jump back into uh, the physical insecurities mm-hmm. uh, because I know that a lot of us deal uh, with that on the day-to-day. And um, social media is something that transcends. Mm-hmm. And we are on social media like, like no other, right? We wake up, we're on social media. Um, we go to sleep, we're on social media. What would you say um, to uh, men and women that's insecure from um, just getting on social media and looking at social media? Um, well, what I would say is, first of all, I realize that social media is not always true, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, like we hear Trump always say fake news (laughs) social media isn't always true probably in I don't want to uh, give it a bad name but the the truth to the matter is that probably only 75% of what we uh, 75% of what we see and hear on social media is probably uh, non true Mm. Um, and so um, I would tell anyone um, to not use social media as your standard mm. or as your guide um, for mm. approval and for acceptance. That That isn't what you should use social media for. That isn't how you gauge how you should look, how you should talk, how you should think. It isn't from social media. Right. Um, and so um, that's one of the things I would... And I would encourage, um, but it can be used in a positive way because there are a lot of positive things and uh, conversations that are happening on social media as we're talking mm-hmm. right now. Um, and so um, I would tell anybody to always measure what you hear and see on social media by the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everybody have their own truth. Right. But I only know one truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, it's what truth you're measuring by is uh you know really going to dictate you know where how you move forward and how you progress and so when you are on social media when you look and when you hear i think um it's important to um always evaluate and examine the source Mm -hmm. you know where are these sources coming from and what's the agenda you know everything on social media has an agenda everything on social media has a source and so we have to be really careful about that as um, we are being exposed and opening ourselves up because it's so important that we have to realize that our eye gate and our ear gate, what we take in, what we hear and what we see uh, will impact, you know, how we begin to think about ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do, because you said like 75% of it is not true. Mm-hmm. Why do we take the not the, the stuff that's not true so much serious more serious than the stuff that is the truth because mm-hmm. anything negative or not true right we take that and we get that the most views that right. got 50 million views the stuff that is true it mm-hmm. gets maybe a million they yeah. say that the the they say the stuff that's not true is more entertaining Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I I think it's just because of our sin like nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the word even says a man rather b- believe a lie than the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trin, I I want to ask you really quick. Uh, with you know you dealing, you know you've been in high school, you're in tenth grade, and and the insecurities that you deal with, you have uh, a pastor as your father. And a doctor as your mother, uh, but I want to know who do you go to uh, to help you with your insecurities that you deal with? Um, um, I think I have certain people in my life to help me with certain things, with certain insecurities because my, I mean, they're, they're my parents, so right? It's like, right. 
I'm right. not gonna go to you about this right. because you gonna say this and the parents side, like you even if doctor you, and a pastor, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> even, even, right. though, even though you do have good intentions, you're still gonna revert back to being a parent because that's you know you want your baby, you want right. to see your baby, not you don't want to see yeah, your baby you don't like want to see me hurting all of that stuff. But um, personally, I have like play sisters since I don't have any sisters. Mm-hmm. I have like maybe two. Two or three main people that I go to to help me through certain stuff mm-hmm. because talking about it to my parents is different and it's mm-hmm. like I'm being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So because I am being vulnerable, I don't want you to say something out of a parent's view that'll hurt me even more. Gotcha. So I just have like certain people to help me through that. And I think that's very important that any kid or teenager will have that certain person that they can go to. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying that, like, how do you filter, right? Because some, fr- some people don't have good friends. So, like, <laughs> like for real, <laughs> they, don't, true, they yeah. don't have good friends. So, if you hear a friend, like, say, you know, they do, they say something negative and you know it's negative, do you take that advice? And and why do most people take the negative, they, they don't, why they don't they know how to, you know, filter what is good and what is bad? Um, I don't take the advice at all because um, of who my parents are. Because of who my parents are and they just really instill. instill all the right tools that I need. Mm-hmm. And I had to really, I mean, I was listening, but I wasn't listening. So when they was telling me like, don't do this or don't do that. And I was like, okay. Then mm-hmm. end up doing it, and then I'm like, dang, this ended up being the outcome of it. But, um, you said, how do they? Now, how do you filter it? Like, as far what as to listen to what to listen to, what, what to. Oh, I I personally think if you have to second guess what they're saying, then it's you shouldn't take it. Follow that Yeah, <laughs> because if you're having to think about it, then it's like, no, that's not the truth. So, but that's and, why you said too, not to cut you out. But that's why you said like you got your certain people because you sure that they gonna steer you definitely. in the right direction. Yeah. So really, you gotta feel to the, the friend and not so much what they say. You gotta feel to your friends yeah, to say yes. I'm gonna listen to my friends for this and I'm gonna listen to this friend for you know. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah. you gotta be careful about the friends too of your because my age group, not all of the girls or guys my age don't really sit back and look at the outcome of things. They just do it because it's like, I'm in the moment, so let's just try this out. Because we're teenagers, so of course we're going to take risks and stuff. But it's like, wait, I keep hearing from this person or this person that they went through this, so I should probably not do it. Why Why should I be a repeat gotcha. of what I've always seen throughout my life? So, gotcha. yeah. so solutions. Mm-hmm. Um. Dr. Gaddy, what are some uh, self-motivating things that we and the people that listen, that go through the same things, what are some self-motivating things we can do to help us with our insecurities? Well, one thing is stop comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. I think we do that uh, more often than not. Um, So that non-comparison. Um, to other people that you see, you know, in social media and friends and people that you know. And then self-approval, um, really um, really knowing who you are and who uh, you were made to be and understanding your purpose and really um, giving, uh, taking the time to uh, invest in yourself, realizing um, that um, you are... Uh, worth it mm-hmm. um, and so treat yourself good treat mm-hmm. yourself better um, realizing um, that you know approve yourself and treat yourself uh, the way you've really and so you have to be around people um, that will tell you the truth even if it hurts mm-hmm. um, and when you have people that tell you the truth not just tell you the truth but then help you to move in that truth to a place of uh, progress and success. 
Um, you know, so you don't just need a person in your life to tell you the truth. You, you already, we already know what's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So, well, most of the time, sometimes we do need people <laughs> yeah. to tell us what's wrong with us because yeah. we think we are right. When we look in the mirror, to be honest, we look all right. The mm-hmm. average person, when they look in the mirror, they see themselves and they, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's really when somebody else in your life tell you what they see. Mm-hmm. And then you you have to really deal with what somebody else see versus what you see. And then that person really caring and loving you enough to move you just from where you are to where they see that potential, where they see you going and really making an investment. And so it's not just where I am that you're calling out. It's where mm-hmm. you where you see my potential mm-hmm. in me going and making the investment in me. That's the kind of people I live in my life. I call them a, a circle of success. Mm-hmm. So I don't need anybody in my life that's not a part of that circle that, that aren't uh, making those type of contributions. You know, mm-hmm. I need you to identify what's wrong. I need you to also help me uh, see my potential. And then I need you to help me develop a plan that I can move into a place of progress and success. That's a success circle. Mm -hmm. Anybody that isn't doing that, then they need to be on the outside of the circle. Mm -hmm. Because some people we can't get rid of because they may be our relatives. But they don't have to be inside the circle. They might have to be outside the circle. And maybe Mm -hmm. just for a season. You know, not not necessarily for our whole life, but for the season God has me in, I need you to be outside the circle because you're not not buying into the dream. You You know, you're not buying into the purpose and the plan. And Mm -hmm. until you get the revelation, I need you to stay outside the circle because otherwise (laughs) you're going to cause some damage. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you charge by the hour? (laughs) 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 She take all all offerings. (laughs) And speaking on that, charging by the hour, um, is therapy effective? And for the person that don't want to open up to a stranger, what do you tell them? Well, um, therapy is only ef- effective as you how you view it, mm-hmm. and um, there are people um, that provide therapy that um, have different viewpoints and have different styles and methods of um, using therapy. So you you know you may be it's times where there are mismatches. In therapy and in counseling, there there can be mismatches. There can be clashes and even personality types. So yes, you know it's not so. Therapy doesn't always work, and for more than one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of times it's just a mixed match. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for the person who therapy won't work if you don't believe in it. Bottom line. Gotcha. Um, uh, but um, I think you know sometimes. You know, uh, there are things that we can do on our own. Okay. And then there are times where we do need help, you know. uh, But at the end of the day, a therapist is going to help you identify areas of your life. But at the end of the day, when they point those areas out, you got to still do the work. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, um, Okay, Trent, uh, one last question for you is uh you are you know you're young you're beautiful you have a doctor for a mother like i said and and a pastor um for a father but a a lot of young girls don't have that uh what encouraging words would you say to those young females um i would say to mm, i would say to be careful who you surround yourself with. Um, that's very, very important because they can be sowing seeds of growth or they can be sowing seeds that um, could cause um, your life to be hard, or harder than what it has to be. And find something that makes you happy mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't hurt you. So that could be singing, of course, for me, because I love to sing, Mm -hmm. dancing, cooking, um, just find something that you really love uh, to do and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. That's good. That's good. Um, Any last words from you, uh, Dr. Gaddy, on uh, people dealing with their insecurities? I know we talked about a few things. 
Um, but anything else you want to say to uh, our listeners and to us as well? Yes. First, I want to say that everybody has insecurities. Mm -hmm. No matter who they are, where they've been, and what they've been through. Even me as a doctor, I have insecurities. And everybody else at the table, listen, one of my insecurities is really, believe it or not, is uh, public speaking. Say what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but but yes. let me let me clarify that is speaking to a group of people that number one I don't know and number two if I feel like I am not well um, prepared and so that's and so that's that's pretty much half of America. If you go prepared, mm-hmm. you're gonna be insecure, right? right. Um, and so I'm always challenged, though. Really, to be honest, I'm always challenged when someone asks me to come speak somewhere other than our church mm-hmm. um, because it it challenges. It, I always question myself. So I so I just said that to say um, everybody has some insecurities, and and I think the good thing about that is that means that we're always gonna have work to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so um, so I want to just let it be known that there's no one without any insecurities, whether they would admit it or not. Um, I, I would tell anybody, whatever your insecurities are. Um, it's really good to have support in that area uh, and someone that is insecure in the same area as you uh, to really um, have a support system uh, with somebody who has overcome it. You know, so whatever you're being challenged by in your insecurity, somebody that's a little bit further ahead of you that um, have mastered that insecurity, mm, uh, I would yeah. encourage someone. Um, and then one of the, in my closing, um, I would encourage uh, anybody uh, that, um, you know, uh, we talked about some of the insecurities being weighed, and I think, uh, I think you know, most people fluctuate with that. I would encourage people to um, get a partner or a group of people that share some of the same things and, and, and um, uh, create a plan of action where they can all come together and work on that plan together. Go work out together. You know, have a workout party. You know, yeah. make it fun. However you need to be creative in a way that makes it fun and, and that will not make it hard and, and uh, take away the obstacles and the barriers. Sometimes it's, you know, af- the affordability is an issue. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the location may be an issue. So uh, come up with creative ways that you can make that happen because really you don't always have to go to a gym. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually have things in your home and everybody can come together and we can, you know, call it, you know, okay, this is the day we're going to do our workout. We're going to have a workout party on Friday. Friday night and this is what we're going to do and everybody's going to bring this and we're going to eat healthy. We're going to talk about our insecurities in this area and we're going to be working out all at the same time. Uh-huh. And so I would say I would challenge people to be be uh, creative with some of the insecurities you have and, and um, uh, you know, take the guesswork out of it. It don't have to be as hard as a lot of times it seems that it is. You know, you can take something that's very challenging and you can make it fun when you have support. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Dr. Fonda Gaddy and Trinity Gaddy for being on the show. Round of applause, yeah. Bill. Real quick, um, where can, uh, if they want to reach out to you um, and talk to you, um, uh, what's your contact information? What's your information you want to give <laughs> to the people or, or email or whatever okay. the case may be? My email is duchessgaddy at gmail. That's D-U-C-H-E-S-S-G-A-D-D-I-E. So you can reach out to me at duchessgaddy at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to me um, on my uh, cell phone as well. So my cell number is 832 Five three seven four two two nine. It's okay. Right. Yeah, actually, that's a public number. Maybe she real sad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, that number's hooked up to the church, so okay. that's that's a number out there on the church banner. So okay. that's gotcha. more than one way to. Got gotcha. you. Uh, and Trent, if some young ladies wanted to reach out to you and kind of get your help, uh, you can. What's your social media where they can get in contact with you? Um, my Instagram is adore. Trinity underscore A D O R E T R I N I T Y underscore. Cool. 
All right, um, to all my brothers, be strong. To all my sisters, you are beautiful. Uh, Chris, you're going to go ahead and close us with a quote. Uh, never be limited by others. People limited imagination um, by Dr. May Jameson, That's first uh, African-American female ast- astronaut. Okay. That's yeah. what's up. And um, everyone, please go follow us and actually share you know, our page. Uh, at More Than A Vibe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then go. you can also listen to us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And then um, we, our actual website is morethanavibe.libsyn.com. Click and subscribe. We appreciate uh, for y'all for listening. More Than A Vibe, we out. More Than A Vibe. Thank you.